Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a good message for you about David's mighty fighting men, and and, uh, we're going to use that story to talk to you about how we need to sacrifice and pay the price for God's anointing on our life, for God to move and dwell in our lives and, and to lead and guide us at the level that we all want. You know, sometimes we... We tend to catch ourselves wanting God to operate in our lives, wanting God to give us good things and make our life easy and, and just make things pleasant for us, but we don't seem to always want to pay the price or, or do what's necessary to let God operate in our lives the way that He wants to. And so uh, he His hands are tied, so to speak, because we don't do the necessary things or, or we're not willing to put the time and effort and pay the price that is needed. So what I want to talk to you today is about uh, uh, the sacrifice that David made. And this is coming out of um, the Bible in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24. And uh, David has already in, has already pulled a census of all the mighty fighty men in uh, Israel in, verse, in chapter 23. And again, uh, he his anger is stirred up against Israel, and so he gets incited. He incites his anger again to take another census of Israel and Judah, and uh, so he tells his commanders to go do it, and they're wondering why, because they've already done it, and he just says, go do it anyway, so to speak, like I'm the king, just listen to me, just do what I tell you <clears throat> type of thing. So they go out, and they go all over the countryside, and they do this census and, and do everything that the king tells them today, and uh, and they get this census and come in and and uh, they counted the fighting men and they counted how many people was there and and uh, comes back in and uh, Joab reported that there were eight hundred thousand able-bodied men who could handle a sword and uh, across Israel and in the kingdom of Judah there were five hundred thousand men but at this point in time David's conscience got stricken and uh, he he was he realized he had done something wrong because. He had made these men go out and do this the second time, and and so he he realizes like, Lord, I've sinned against you, and and I I need you to take this guilt away from me. And before David even got out of the bed the next morning, Gad the prophet came to him and and told him that uh, I'm giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you, saith the Lord. So so Gad's talking to him. He says. Will here's your three options. Will there be three years of famine come across your land or three months of fleeing from your enemies to where your enemies just chase you everywhere and, and all you can do is run? You can't turn around and fight because your enemies are so big against you? Or should there be three days of plague in your land? <clears throat> so when when David hears this, he's grieved about it, but he says, I, I'm in deep distress, but he says, it, this is... You know, he didn't actually say this, but he's probably thinking this in his heart. He says, "Let this is an easy answer, because I don't want to fall in the hands of man. I want to, if if I'm going to fall into the hands of anybody, let me fall into the hands of our Lord. Don't let me fall into the hands of humans." So he says, "Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, because His mercy is great." 
So the Lord sent the plague from that morning until the end time that was designated, and 70,000 people from Dan to Beersheba died when the angel of the Lord stretched out his hand to destroy Jerusalem, and the Lord relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was afflicting the people, he said, that's enough, pull back, withdraw your hand. So the angel of the Lord was then at this threshing floor of uh, Arana, the Jebusite. David saw this. He, w- he was there at that area, and he, s- he saw that the angel was striking down the people, and he, he ran. He said, Lord, I have sinned. I, the shepherd, I'm the one that's done wrong. These are just sheep. Please stop doing this. Why? They haven't done anything. Let your hand fall on me. Now, that's, that's a leader. That's the way a leader's supposed to operate. Lord, it was my sin that's caused this. Don't take it out on them. Take it out on me. But at that day, uh, David, uh, uh, or Gad goes to David and tells him, go and build an altar to the Lord at that threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite, and uh, make sacrifices to the Lord. So, so David went there just like he was commanded. And when Arana saw the king coming, he, he looked up and saw King David and all his party coming toward him. He ran out to him and bowed down before him and fell his face down to the ground and said, why has my Lord the king come to his servant? And David tells him, he said, I'm here to buy your threshing floor. I need to buy that because I need to build an altar of the Lord so that so that I can offer sacrifices so that this plague will stop kingdom on the people. Well, when Arana heard this, he said, let the Lord, Lord, my king, take whatever he wishes to offer up to the Lord. Here, here's some oxen for the burnt offering. Here's threshing sledges and, and my oaks from my oxen for my oxen to, uh, to burn for the wood to start the fire. And uh, your majesty, take all this stuff. I'll give it all to you uh, for what you're doing this for. Arana knew that, the whole kingdom was suffering because of this, and he thought, well, if I can give the king this stuff to stop this plague, I could be the next person to die, so I would be glad to give all this stuff over to you, but listen to what David said. David said, no, I insist on paying the price for it. I insist on giving you money. I insist on this costing me something because I will not give the Lord a sacrifice that doesn't take a cost, that doesn't cost me something, something that's going to hit me in the pocketbook or hit me in the heart. Or, you know, I, I don't want this to be easy on me. I don't want somebody to hand me something that I'm going to turn around to the Lord. Why? Because that's not a sacrifice. That's just switching hands. That David's not sacrificing anything if somebody else hands him something to give to the Lord. So we've got to see that picture. And so what David did is he shelled out 50 shekels of silver and bought that and turned around and built the, built the altar of the Lord and offered up sacrifices so that the Lord would answer the prayer on behalf of the land. And he did, and the plagues on Israel stopped. And so the point that I want to get to you today is when we are making offerings to the Lord, when we are giving to the Lord, it needs to be something that costs us something. We need to realize that even in the giving of our offerings, you know, David was making sacrificial offerings, but as a pastor of a church, I, I try to encourage people to give, and uh, the giving is so important to us because it's, it's, it's not, it don't have anything to do with God needing your money. 
God already owns everything we have. He owns every penny you got. And trust me, he can take it all anytime he wants to take it. There's nothing you can do to close your hand tight enough around anything that God can't take it out of your hand and cause you to lose everything you have. God already owns everything that you own. He's just allowing you to be a steward of it. So what what he's asking us to do is give sacrificially. So like, uh, you know, just a, just a good example, somebody walks into the church and sits down, and, and I'm just going to use this as an example to, to, uh, to help us understand what a sacrifice is. Let's just somebody say somebody that's extremely wealthy that maybe makes a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They own, they own several houses. They've got all kinds of money. They want for nothing, and they come into the church. They sit down in a worship service, and when the offering plate comes by, they throw a dollar bill in. That's not a sacrifice. That's not even tipping the Lord. That's not getting close to giving because that's not a sacrifice for this person. There, uh, David wanted to give to where it cost him something, where it was where it was something that showed up in his pocketbook. And so this is this is where we need to be. And and a lot of times it's it's not just money. And that's where I want to hit on today, to where it's not just our money. God's just He's not asking us to just give of money. He asked us to give of money because He don't want money to have hold of us and have control of us. But there's other things that we need because some of us out there want God to operate in our life. We we want God to. <clears throat> Uh, function through our lives to help other people. We want God's anointing on our lives so that we can uh, be used of God in a mighty way. And we want God to touch our lives and touch our family and, and have us possibly have the, uh, the ability and the gifts of the Spirit so that maybe we can prophesy over someone and, and give people a word of God or maybe heal uh, God heal through us and, and certain things happen. Maybe people receive the, the gift of the Holy Ghost when we lay hands on them and, and maybe people feel the anointing of God when we're preaching to them or, or when we're in the room with them and God speaks through us and his anointing is on our voice and in the words of our mouth and that costs us something. It don't cost us money. We can't go to God and say, hey Lord, here's you 10 grand. I want that anointing on my life. Would you please uh, let me buy that anointing with this sacrifice of 10 grand? No, it don't work that way. The sacrifice that I'm trying to tell you about today that gets that anointing on our lives is the sacrifice of our time. We need to get up in the mornings. I've been telling our church uh, that for several weeks now that I have made a point to get up every morning early in the morning and spend my first hour of the morning in prayer with the Lord God knowing that I have an appointment with him and he knows that I have an appointment with him and we have a meeting place. I know he's going to be there when I get there. He knows that I'm going to be there when he gets there. We have a meeting place in in my uh, home that he and I meet every morning and I pray and I feel his presence in the room and I feel his anointing and his Holy Spirit in the room while I'm praying because we have dedicated that particular time that his anointing comes into the room and into the presence and I pray and I talk to him about my family, my church, the, the church's needs, the people's 
prayer requests and, and things like that. So I, I spend that time every morning, every morning. Doesn't matter what my day looks like. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what I've got on the agenda. I take that time every morning. I get up like clockwork, so to speak, if you'll take that cliche. I get up every morning at the same time and I meet my Lord and Savior at the same time every morning and I give him the first fruits of my day and sacrifice that part of my day. And he says, when the first part is holy, the rest of the part is holy. And let me tell you, the rest of my day, every day since I've been doing that has been phenomenal. God has been blessing my day and blessing my time, blessing the works of my hands and blessing the words of my mouth and, and the things that I touch and the things that I do. Why? Because I'm sacrificing the first hour of my day to him. But I don't want you to think that that's the only thing that you need to do because it's not. We should never think that just one act of the day, that's just a start. For me, that's that's just a start. God helps kick off my day with that hour that I spend with him every morning. And sometimes that hour turns into more time. And, and sometimes you can find yourself getting caught up in two and three and maybe even four hours of the day talking to the Lord and, and putting the, the burden of other people, the burden of people's needs, the burden of people's lost loved ones in front of the Lord and asking him to save these people, asking him to change these people's lives, asking him to, to give people jobs and help them with their finances and help them with their sicknesses and what's going on in their body and, and what's going on in their home and with their children. And so you, you get involved in that and you really get caught up and the burden on your heart causes you to have so much compassion for all these needs that you lose track of time and you spend hours talking to him about things like this. And that's where his anointing starts working and he sees that, that uh, your time that you could be doing something else, your time that you could be sitting on the in front of the TV watching the news or watching your favorite programs, you're pushing all that stuff aside and you choose to go spend that time with the Lord your God talking about somebody else's needs and not just your own. And I always start my prayers out lifting him up and praising him and telling him what a good God he is and, and how he directs my past and how I want him to continue to do those things because I'm nothing without him. I have to have him directing my every day. I need his anointing. Lord, please don't let it go away. Always keep me under your wing and keep me under your hand, Lord, so that I can hear your voice and hear your directions every day. And then I, I go from there to pray about my family and pray about my church and pray about their needs and pray about the things going on in people's lives in our church and pray about the prayer requests that, that our church writes down and gives to me every service. And, and I, I spent all that time praying about those things. And, and then I, I ended up with worship. And Lord, I just I just worship you today. I want to lift you up and tell you how much I thank you for, for what you are to me and that you've saved me and you've found some reason in me to uh, see this wretched man could be used by you. And Lord, I just thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to be in your presence and be used by you and be a servant of the Most High God. Thank you, God, for that. And so I, I spend that time in prayer every morning and that time comes out that the rest of my day is anointed, the rest of my day is sanctified and it's blessed because of that. But there's so much more that you can be doing, and I want, to, I want you to understand that this particular passage in Samuel is telling us 
that it there's things that we have to pay a price for to have God's anointing at the level that we want it. You know, if if we don't spend the time in prayer, if we don't spend the time reading God's word, if we don't spend time fasting at times to to get God's spirit to move to to stir him up in his heart and cause him to want to come down and move on your needs and move on the needs you're praying for. Jesus mentioned in the Bible about when his disciples couldn't cast demons out of the man and he come in and he said, I, I brought him to, to your disciples and they couldn't do it. And Jesus said, this is this type comes sometimes by prayer and fasting. So sometimes you've got to sacrifice meals. Now, now we all got bellies, we all got appetites, and we'd all love to have that that hamburger, that cheeseburger, or that pasta, or or that lasagna, or whatever it is that you want to eat, and and it's always good when you smell it in the kitchen cooking, and and you want to go in there and get you a great big plate of it and sit down and chow down, or maybe you want to go get those soft drinks and drink them and, and get that caffeine and that sugar in you, but sometimes you need to just go, you know what? I don't need that stuff today. It's it's satisfying my flesh more than it's satisfying my spirit. God, I'm going to sacrifice those things today. I'm not going to eat today because there's something pressing on my heart that I need you to do. I need you to move in this circumstance. And God, I'm not going to eat until you do. And I've done that before. And that's a, that's a bold move because what if God doesn't move for 10 days and you go 10 days without eating and your flesh gets weak, but the, the whole 10 days, you're feeding your spirit with God's anointing, with his word, with his presence, and your spirit becomes so much stronger than your flesh, and your spirit is now in control, and your flesh is not in control, and that's what God wants out of us. He wants us to sacrifice the flesh. Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily. We need to do that. We need to have control over our flesh. Don't let our fleshly desires control us and tell us, you know, I'd really love to pray, but my favorite TV show's on, and, and I'm going to grab me a slice of pizza and sit down with a TV remote. No, when God puts that burden on your heart, put that stuff aside and go out there and pray. Get in your prayer closet, kneel down, push that plate away and sacrifice those meals and, and let your body hunger for a meal or two for a day or two, three or four days, whatever it takes, but sacrifice what you need to sacrifice to get God's attention and to get the spirit of God to move in your circumstance. That's what he's saying here. Uh, David in this particular circumstance had a serious circumstance. People in his kingdom were dying and it was because of him. It was his sin that God was taking his wrath out upon his kingdom and David was praying, God, it's my sin. They're just sheep. Don't do this to them. Take it out on me. And he, he bought this threshing floor and made these sacrifices while he was praying, telling the Lord, God, take that away. Get this away from our people, please, Lord. And God answered the prayers because of the sacrifice. And it's a picture for us as the church, as Christians, to see that we need to take the time. We need to take the money. We need to take the food. We need to take whatever it is that we need to push away. And sometimes it may be a TV. Sometimes it may, you know, I've got kids that's just, They've been totally addicted to video games. And my grandkids, sometimes all they do is carry around a, an iPad and play games all day long. Look, if you're addicted to doing that type of stuff, stop it. Just shut it down. Don't do it. Say, God, I'm going to lay these video games down because I got a need in my life and I need you to meet it. And, I, and I'm going to get away from these things that I find pleasure in. 
and I'm going to focus on you until I'm finding so much pleasure in spending time with you that I'm moving your heart, that I'm seeing you move in my circumstance, God, and, and I'm not going to touch another video game. I'm going to not touch the TV. I'm not going to be doing all these things that I find pleasure in, God, because I want to focus on you and your anointing. I want to move your heart in my circumstance, so I'm going to push these things away and not do them for the glory of your kingdom so that you can see how bad I need this thing done. And sometimes that's the way God operates. He wants to see that we're serious about what we are praying for. He wants to see that we're serious about asking him to pour his presence into our circumstance. And sometimes he will sit back and watch us pray and see how serious we are about the prayer. Will they really pray for 10 days? Will they really pray for 21 days? Will they really pray for 40 days over this one circumstance? Will they really pass a plate away and not eat it when their favorite lasagna is sitting in front of them and they're smelling it and their body's saying, oh, just get me a plate of that? Will they really push that away and not eat it for their circumstances sake and, and for me to move in their circumstance? See, the anointing of God cost us something, church. The anointing of God is something that we have to realize that we have to pay for. And I'm not talking about cash money. I'm talking about our lives, our physical fleshly lives, that sometimes when we have circumstances in our life, maybe our finances have completely crashed and we don't know what's going on. We may even be paying our tithe. But we're not spending our time and paying our tithe on the first fruits of our life every day and getting on our knees in prayer and paying our 10% of our life and giving God the first part of our day in our circumstance. And sometimes that's what it takes to move God. It's not just giving tithe in the church. That 10% of the money doesn't always do it for God. So if, if God's not moving in our circumstances... Sometimes we got to take it to the next level to get his attention to move in the circumstance. Yes, he answers prayers. Yes, it's his will that none should perish, but always have an opportunity to come to the Lord. Yes, it's his will that we are, are prospered and, and that his plans for us is to prosper us and not to harm us. But sometimes we have to show him how bad we want it. Sometimes we have to tell him, especially when we've allowed our lives to live in the flesh. We've allowed ourselves to focus on all the things that the earth has given us and all the things that of the world that we participate in and, and our, our money that we got, our cars that we got, and our opportunities to go fishing and our opportunities to go hunting and, and all these things that we get to do. And sometimes God's just like, hey, give me a big time out here and you walk away from all that stuff because I'm not going to touch your circumstance until you can show me that you truly want this thing done bad enough that, that you will call it a priority in your life and push all that other stuff aside and show me that it means nothing to you compared to your need for from me. And that's the way God wants us to live our lives, to show him that these needs in our life are more important 
that our spiritual circumstance, God, your spirit working in my life, your anointing working in my life, it's more important than my car. It's more important than the vacation. It's more important than the addition onto my house. It's more important than that fishing trip. It's more important than those video games. God, it's more important than everything else I got. I need your presence in my life. I need your anointing on my life. And I will do everything that I can possibly do to get that in my life, Lord, if it means not eating until you move in my circumstance, if it means selling my car, selling my boat, selling my camper, selling my fishing poles, selling my TV, selling my Xbox, God, whatever it is that I need to sacrifice to get out of my life, to get your attention in my life, that's what I want to do. And God, I'll give you all the time that I possibly can. So if praying an hour every day doesn't do it, I'll pray too. If praying in the morning is not enough, I'll pray at lunchtime. If praying at lunchtime in the morning ain't enough, I'll pray at night. God, I'll read just like the Bible tells me. I'll pray without ceasing. I'll start my day out before the sun comes up praying to you and talking to you about my circumstances. And I'll forever continually keep them in front of your throne room so that you know that I mean business with them. And while I'm praying, I'm forgetting all these other things that I normally do. Because all this stuff that I'm putting in your feet, Lord, you're anointing your presence in my life, my needs, my healing, the anointing, everything that I need from you, God. It's the most important thing in my life. And all this other stuff means nothing to me without you. And that's the kind of price that we need to be paying. That's the price God needs to see us paying. That we will sacrifice our own lives. We'll sacrifice our, our daily wants and our daily fleshly desires and and sacrifice those things and tell God they mean nothing to me if I can't have you. And that's where we need to be, church. And I, I just hope and pray that this is touching somebody's lives. It's touching your heart and helping you to realize that your prayer life and your, your reading the Word of God, that's something else that you need to do. God needs us to understand that His Word is important. So if we're not reading His Word, sometimes that's the only way He speaks to us. And if we're not reading his word and letting his word speak to our spirit, we're not getting from God what we need. So we don't even need, we don't just need to be praying and and just fasting and just sacrificing things, but we need to be praying and seeking the word of God and reading the word of God and asking him to speak to us spiritually through the pages of the Bible as we read it so that we can understand the words of his mouth and understand where the, what direction he needs us to go in our life and what direction he needs us to move that will cause our circumstances to change. And his word does that. So if we're not reading the word of God, we are not getting everything that we need from God. That's our instruction manual on how to move and live and operate in our lives. So you've got to read the word of God. Don't pray and ask God to touch your circumstance if you don't open the Bible and you don't read it. Sometimes the answer is right there in front of you and you open up the pages and he'll give you the answer. But if you're not reading the Bible, the answer's not ever going to come. And so a lot of times in our lives, we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and then we don't open the word of God. And maybe five months later, we just happen to break, crack the Bible open and there's a scripture right there and it, it stirs in our spirit and it fires us up and goes, wow, that's exactly what I was praying about for the last six months. How come I didn't see this earlier? 
And it's because you didn't open the Bible. Listen, read the Word. Find a, find a way to get time out every day and read the Bible and pray and get God's attention by seeking His face, sacrificing those things that are less important in your life and spending more time in prayer and fasting and reading His Word and watch and see how God operates in your life. Amen. Listen up. I hope and pray that this has touched your life. I hope that it will help you in your walk with the Lord. And I especially hope that it will help you reach the the point in your life with God that you need to reach, that, that he's put a goal and a desire in your life, and it will help you get that anointing and step up at a new level in your life to be able to carry the spirit and carry the anointing and answer the call on your life that God wants you to do. So I want to pray with you, Heavenly Father, God, for everyone that's listening to this. God, I just ask that you let this word take root in their life. God, let it change the circumstances in their life. Let it change the desires in their heart and change the way that they live from this day forward. God, I I pray that you cause people to pray, cause them to get on their knees. God, cause them to move, Lord Jesus. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you change the circumstances in people's lives because of the sacrifices that they're now going to do. And God, I pray that you show them, open the eyes of their heart, Lord God, and, and let them see that the things of this world is the least important thing that they could ever be thinking about when they need your spirit in their life more than anything else. God, let this word take root. Let the fruit come forth from it that your word is intended. And, and God, just like your word says, it will not come back void. That will accomplish everything that it was meant to do this day. And God, I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. God bless you. I pray that this anointing of the word gets a hold of you and and changes your life for the better. In the name of Jesus, we'll catch you next time and God bless you.